to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, right? And so we're starting the book of First Chronicles. And just to remind you, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and primarily see God, not like a mirror to primarily see ourselves. And today we have a special guest who's going to be with us in First Chronicles and Second Chronicles. Um, a good friend, an older sister, I should say, in the faith, who's so wise, who's helped me in so many ways. Um, Kim, Kim Gillespie. How you doing, Kim? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah, same. Um, let's jump right in. So First Chronicles, um, I know this is a book that many people like to skip, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we and just talked about it. Yep. Yeah. And we just, was, yeah, right before we got on, like, man, people love to skip this book. We even skipped this book before. But let me warn you, you don't want to skip you first do not. and second Chronicles because it's so much history. And the main thing that I was just floored by is that it's very historical, but it's very theological at the same time. So it's like in history, God is at work, right? And God being at work with real people in real time, his covenant unfolding under real historical circumstances is what this book is about. And this is a people who are about to return from exile, right? They have been cut off from their history and they need to know who they are, right? And initially, First and Second Chronicles was one book, yeah. right? And it was the right. last book of the Hebrew Bible. So if you think about it, Matthew starts with the genealogy. It does. Right? Yep. And so that connection will be there for earlier readers of the scriptures, but it's kind of hard for us to see. But yeah, First Chronicles is, is good. Yeah. It's great. So first of all, like Keith said, um, the first nine chapters of First Chronicles, you're probably like, what in the world is going on right here? Um, one of the things that it reminded me of, as he said, I'm a little bit older. So we used to have this thing called Cliff Notes, where if you had um, and a literary paper that was due and you had a thousand page paper or a thousand page book to read, mm. um, and maybe two days to read it, you didn't have enough time. So you'd go get this Cliff Notes, which I think he told me is now Spark Notes or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we used to have this thing called Cliff Notes, and I feel like that's what First Chronicles is. Yeah. It's a um, like a summary of everything from Genesis to Second mm. Kings. And as he said, it was written for people who were coming out of exile. And so yeah. he, like, if you open it up, there's no introduction to it. He just starts. He just starts. <laughs> He's like, Adam, first word, Adam. He's yeah. like, y'all already know what I'm about to do. Yeah. And so you just see line after line. It's just name after name. But it's crazy because the first four verses, mm -hmm. it's just everything from Genesis. It's pretty, or a lot from the first few chapters of Genesis. that comes a lot of time. A lot of time in, in just four for. First four verses, so it's pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said. Those first four verses are key. And then he goes and names Noah's son. So we remember like the story, right? The right. flood and all that. And then in Genesis 10, uh, you know, it will say like the peoples of the earth were populated through Noah's three sons. Three. Right? And then from <laughs> Shem specifically, we have, you know, uh, Abraham eventually, Eber, eventually right. coming through Abraham, and that's the special people God uses to bring his covenant to the uh, world. Um, it's and it's, yeah. yeah, and it's just crazy how God chose. The thing I was trying to kind of struck by was that God cemented these people in history, and they were very imperfect. Very. Yeah. And it, show, it just reminds us, one of the things that is interesting about the writer, too, is that it seems like he's just connecting the dots. And so for us, reading it thousands of years later, some things don't make sense. But it mm. connects the dots for us, too. Like, he'll go throughout and just make one line, mm -hmm. and they'd be able to tie it back to a story. And so some of the things, as we were reading through some of the names, like the name Sham, well, where do we get the name or the word Semite? It comes from Sham and Eber. Yeah. 
that Keith mentioned earlier, yeah. when you think where did the word Hebrews come from, it comes right, from Eber. Right. So he just goes through. And even like in chapter one, the first, um, I think it's verse 39, he just says one line like, because the earth was divided during his lifetime. Well, that was the Tower of Babel. And so he just gives history mm. one line and he tells a whole story with just one line because he knows the people would understand what he's talking about. Absolutely. And that's the thing I was going to say. Um, it's almost like, like in college, you know how you had your prereqs, like your gen eds, and then you have your more advanced courses. Chronicles is like, he assumes you've had the prerequisites. Right. He assumes that you know, right. all right, you can go back and read Samuel and Kings. He's going to pull a lot from those two, but you can go back and read Genesis. So I'm just going to assume you already know and just right. kind of like start talking, right? And so in chapter two, where he talks about Jacob, um, mm -hmm. who becomes Israel, as we know, right. Um, he has, yeah, 12 sons, right? And these are the 12 tribes. And from the 12 tribes, he has one son in particular named Judah. Judah. Yeah. And from Judah, we get the royal line, which is very important. We're going to see a lot about David and Solomon here. But that royal line that they descend from is very, very big here. And he's mm -hmm. trying to show, listen, he's trying to show... Um, what life was like in the kingdom right. under David mm -hmm. and how they got to where they are, right? In exile. In exile, right. right? And so he's trying to like, no, 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 this is what happened. You guys do have a royal, you have so many privileges because of where you come from and who you come from and the God you've come from. But I'm trying to show you uh, what you need to do so that won't happen again, right? Exactly. And the intentionality. You'll see if you've gone and you've followed along with us from Genesis to Second Kings or... Yeah. Um, John and Keith from, um, from the beginning, then you'll hear there's stories that are familiar. And these people, like you said, had already lived these stories. Yeah. But some of the things that will make sense, you'll see names. And he is very intentional. He's not trying to tell everyone's story. He's very specific in making sure people know that he's talking about David's line as the king. Yeah. And he's talking about the priests because he's reminding them we're coming out of exile. And these are the things that need to be important to you. What David's line and the priest. So he won't emphasize a lot of the places where David failed, yeah. but Absolutely. he just wants to remind us, this is who David is. This is what God promised to David. And you'll see a lot of the names mentioned, people's names that actually end up being the names of places that we're familiar with, like Bethlehem mm. or Hebron, things yeah. like that. You'll see yeah. like, oh, these are actually people and they turn them into names. So yeah. I love that you said that because yeah, if you look at you know, chapter three, it's like literally David's line, right? Right. And then he has Judah. But the thing that I loved about chapter three specifically was that he said, um, you know, David's line after the exile. Right. And it's like, man, if you remember second Samuel seven, and it was one of the huge chapters for me because it was like, God made this promise to David mm -hmm. that he would have a son to sit on the throne forever. And it's like the chronicler is trying to say like, God is still going to keep that promise. He is. Right? The fact that David still has a royal line, right. even after the exile, even after people have disobeyed, shows the grace and mercy of God that, yeah, he has for his people. And he keeps them. Yeah. And it's not based upon their goodness. Mm. It's based upon who God is and him keeping his word. Absolutely. And yeah, now that the people are about to take back the land, they need to understand that their identity is caught up in their history right. and ultimately the God of history. Now that the people are back in the land, the best thing for them to know is who they are, who they come from, 
and whom they are to ever realize where 